0: Good morning and welcome to day 20 of walking with Jesus through the word one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church and today we are in Genesis chapter 13 as we continue looking at the story of Abram and God's call upon his life as he begins to establish the people of God, the people of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, for another day, for another Time to be in your word. We pray that you would bless us, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would write it on our hearts, and that you would be glorified as we think about your character and about your promises and about your faithfulness today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 13 in the ESV. I'm using ESV.org for our scripture readings. Genesis 13. So, Abram went up from Egypt he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him, into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev, as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and saw the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. In the direction of Zoar this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah so Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east thus they separated from each other Abram settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom now the men of Sodom were wicked great sinners against the Lord The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Genesis chapter 13 in the English Standard Version. We see Abram come back from Egypt and he is very wealthy. Now Abram already had a significant amount of wealth before he went down into Egypt. But he comes out of Egypt really laden down with wealth that he has acquired during his sojourn in Egypt. And the Negev, just a little bit of biblical geography as we go through this, the Negev is the southern part of Israel, south of Jerusalem, to the west of the Dead Sea and further south from there. And it is a desert area it's very dry and so they pass through that area and they come up to the north and they end up where abram had first called upon the name of the lord in chapter 12. they're between bethel and Ai, kind of central in israel in a much uh, more suitable place for livestock grazing but even while they're there it becomes very obvious that abram's livestock and Lot's of livestock, they've become so numerous that, you know, their, their herdsmen are con- in conflict with each other. There's not enough grazing ground to keep the flocks legitimately separate. And so they need to put some distance between them. And here we see the sovereignty of God in the decisions of people. Abram says to Lot, hey, take whatever land you want. I'm going to give you the choice. You go wherever you want, and wherever you go, I'll kind of go in the opposite direction." So it's a free choice that Lot makes based on human reason. He looks down, he sees the Jordan Valley well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Now this is before there is the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is a dead sea because the water doesn't flow out of it and continue down to the Red Sea. It's at the south southern end of the Jordan River. When God judges Sodom and Gomorrah, he causes a change in that area, and part of the change is that he stops up the outflow of the Jordan River, and so the water gathers, and the whole valley where Sodom and Gomorrah was is flooded. It's underwater at the bottom of the Dead Sea, but then that Dead Sea becomes super concentrated with salt and is a sometimes known as the great salt sea and it is a it's a place i've been there and uh, it's fun because you can float in it without even you know trying hard and they're getting a lot of salts out of it but you wouldn't want to drink it and doesn't support any life there is zero life in the dead sea it's why it's called the dead sea but this is before all that and and lot makes this free choice and abram says okay go ahead and you know it just so happens in god's sovereignty that the place where Abram stays, is the land of promise. God didn't decide that. It was already decided. God is sovereign over human decisions. And then he makes him this promise. And it's a promise that cannot be fulfilled just through the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. It's a promise that your offspring will be as uncountable as the dust of the earth. The nation of Israel could always be subject to census. It could always be counted. But when we get to Revelation, we find that the people of God, gathered out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, who are heirs of the covenant promises given to Abram through Christ, they are a multitude that no one can number. So to really get the fulfillment of this promise, you have to go all the way to the end of the book, to Revelation. It's one of the things I love about scripture is that so much that is unfolded in Genesis is completely fulfilled only at, in Revelation. So there's this symmetry and this completion to all of scripture. And of course, the key to it all is Christ. Christ is the one who comes and who expands the promises given to Abram to everyone who calls upon him in faith from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your blessings to us every day. Thank you that you are sovereign even over our decisions. Father, help us to walk faithfully in this world, trusting in you, trusting in Christ. And may you be glorified in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we'll just continue on to Genesis 14. Have a blessed day in the Lord.